Eight o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim and the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Appreciate you joining us today. Got a few things for you to comment on today. Just a reminder that we will be off tomorrow and Monday for the holiday. And that um, we're going to have a little bit of a shorter show next week, 7 to 9, Tuesday through Friday. So we're just going to shorten it up for the holidays a little bit. And uh, But we will be with you next week. That's our gift to you, Pyle. Probably so. All right. So we've got a few things for you to comment on today. Your favorite sports Christmas gift you've ever received. We've talked about some of our favorite ones. Let's see. One that probably wasn't a favorite. The intention was great. I think it was one Kinda bought for me. It was... The, the basketball, you could you had the thing where you could pump it up. Uh-huh. Had the built-in pump. Okay. You had a little thing, you unscrewed it, pulled it out, and you pumped the ball up, and you screwed it back in to the basketball. It had a cell, It was a self-pumping basketball. Huh. It Not... didn't work particularly well. Yeah. One of those things would probably be pretty good. Cool use. idea. It was a cool idea. The other one for the dual use, probably probably not that great a basketball if it was a very good pump. Probably not a good pump if it was a good basketball. You know, yeah, I mean? we just it was, you had like I said, it was in built inside the basketball where you just you like you took your thumb mm-hmm. and hopefully you had a little bit of a thumbnail and you unscrewed it and pulled out this little plastic pump yeah. that was built into the ball and it was such a cool idea because why do you, you know then right. you don't have to look for a needle and you have to look for a pump and but it just didn't work very well. Cool idea. But it just didn't work out. One of the things she got me that I always loved, it was a uh, Broncos sweatshirt that had kind of like a, like a letter sweater. Had like mm-hmm. the letter on it. Had like the Bronco D on it. Oh, okay. And it had like a, a cowboy on a Bronco. It was a, I thought it was a real, I love that sweatshirt. It was a cool sweatshirt. You know, along with the stuff that I mentioned, like the handheld Mattel basketball games, my electric mm-hmm. football game that I had when I was a kid. So, if you got some thoughts on that today, something that you know you're thinking, yeah, I, I really love that that autographed jersey that I got, or I got a Nerf football back in the day, uh, you can send that in to us. Also, if you could give yourself one Christmas gift of these four things, which one would you choose? Broncos to have a winning record in 2023. Avs get back to the conference finals. Nuggets get to the NBA finals. Or Rockies are in the playoff hunt in September. You're going with the Rockies. Yeah. All those are tough for me, but I went Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Since, yes, they've been to the ABA Finals, but never to the NBA Finals. And this team is is kind of built to get there with Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, mm-hmm. MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and now Contavious Caldwell, Pope, and company. So, I just want the least successful of the four. To have some sort of chance. And that would be the Rockies, but it would be yeah. by a, by a, by just a nose because the Broncos are starting to push them really hard for that. Um, no, three Super Bowl wins is not in current least times. successful. I'm talking about in current times. I'm, I'm talking period. I'm talking current, like the last six years. They both have not exactly... Lit the world on fire. All right, let's go since '93 when the okay. We let's can, go '96 when the town okay, got all four. Okay, we're not. <laughs> okay, we're not. We're not going down the rabbit hole on this. I mean, this, if you okay? guys want to say Broncos, say Broncos, but that's not the least successful team 
the city has. That's the Rockies. Over the course of time, yes, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. Current years, eh, probably it's probably the, the Rockies. Like you said, the Rockies still have it by a nose, but the Broncos are the Broncos are trying real hard to catch up. <laughs> They're trying hard. I still I I grant you that, but it's not as oh it's the Rockies and it's the Rockies by a mile. Eh, it's not as it's closer than that. At least that's how I feel about it anyway. So Rockies finished 43 games out three months ago. I know. They, they, Broncos have got four wins. They were eliminated before the Broncos started the season <laughs> in September. They were toast. But let's not rabbit hole this too much, though. Okay. okay. Let's. <laughs> I, I, I know where you're, you're, you're going with it, and we. I agree to a point on that. Which would you want for Christmas? Broncos have winning record in 2023. Avs get back to conference finals. Nuggets get to the NBA finals. Or Rockies are in the playoff hunt in September. What do you think? Which one would you pick? And those are the only ones you can pick, okay? Text us, call us, Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. All right, so Mike Rice, 850 KOA, Broncos radio network coming up in just a little bit. I have to start out with... The passing of, of Ronnie Hillman. Uh, he was just 31. He was battling a, a rare form of cancer called renal um, medullarial uh, carcinoma since August. And he had con- contracted pneumonia in his cancer battle and was in hospice when he passed away. And we, we just had found out about this. A Troy Rink reported it. And then mm-hmm. actually some of that came through. Derek Wolf and Orlando Franklin, former yeah. teammates who now work for the fan over in Denver, about Ronnie being in hospice. And I'll be honest, it, it was shocking. The two the two NFL deaths we've had this week, mm-hmm. Franco Harris, Ronnie Hillman, absolutely shocking because going to, to Franco for just a moment, he did a radio interview with, with Chris Russo just like a couple of hours before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And he was asked by Chris Russo, hey, feeling feeling great, feeling good. And we still, I've not seen anything yet that has confirmed Franco Harris's cause of death. I haven't seen anything either. I know that. We're not hearing that it was an auto accident or Mm -hmm. any kind of accident necessarily. Ronnie Hillman's family said that he found out he had cancer in August. So it's still very, that's still pretty recent. And he had entered hospice care very recently. Yeah. But just so both are so surprising about about their passing. I mean, we talked about Harris a lot yesterday that his number is going to be retired Saturday night when the the Steelers take on the, the Raiders. It's the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception game. That's why he was on Chris Russo's show mm-hmm. talking about that. Just uh, so shocking. But when I saw that, that, yeah, he just hours before his death, he did the interview on Chris Russo's show. And it's his last known interview that he did. Russo asked him how he was feeling. Doing great. Fantastic. And as you said 50 years ago, and it feels brand new. And so it's just, you know, it's so shocking, both of these guys. But in the case of Ronnie Hillman, I mean, only 31. Franco Harris was 72. But just, you know, that, that Hillman, who... It's a little bit, you know, not the same level, but 
because it was a lot longer for Chadwick Boseman, but very quiet mm-hmm. about yeah. about what he was going through. Very private about what he was going through. But incredible player, Ronnie Hillman was at San Diego State. 3,243 rushing yards, 36 touchdowns in two seasons. Broncos took him in the third round and played five seasons, Broncos, Vikings, and Chargers. 1,976 yards, 12 touchdowns, 534 receiving. He uh, did sign with the Cowboys in 2017, but never played for them. And, um, you know, but the, his career moments, so came with the Broncos. 48 games in Denver, mm-hmm. 14 starts, 1,845 yards, 15 total touchdowns. And then when they won the Super Bowl, he had a team high 863 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. Clearly his best season as a pro. And it came when the Broncos, you know, with that, that tremendous defense, Peyton Manning really in, in his twilight of his career, that they needed that offensive lift. And C.J. Anderson would ultimately become kind of the guy in that offense. But Hillman had so many big moments during the regular season. Anderson kind of took it over a little bit in, in the postseason. But um, but certainly shocking that, that Ronnie Hillman uh, passing away at the age of 31 after his battle uh, with cancer. So Texter Call has got some thoughts on that today, 970-242-1340. So um, Broncos getting ready for the Rams on Sunday. Russell Wilson has been going through workouts this week, getting ready for uh, his um, first start after missing the last game due to, of course, concussion. Got got cleared to the concussion protocol, but the feeling was is that Wilson should not play against Arizona, and Brett Rippon got the start, and the Broncos get the victory against Arizona, but Russ is now back and excited to be on the field playing Christmas Day against the Rams. I think that we're really catching a groove. You know, I think obviously the Chiefs game, we were able to uh, have an amazing comeback and almost be able to win the game there. Um, we believe that we could have won it. But I think that, um, you know, just the ability to make plays, I think it's so so important to use my legs, to use my arm, to get outside the pocket. I think we did a great job of that in the Chiefs game. Something else that's been really good for the Broncos the last couple of games that's been part of the offensive turnaround has been halftime adjustments. Here's Nathaniel Hackett on that. I think the guys have done a really good job. Uh, we went in, we've gone in with a plan, and whether uh, it might not have been executed the right way or uh, there were some adjustments that the defense made versus us, I think we were able to go into that second half and talk about it and maybe completely throw something out and do something completely new. Uh, I think referring just to this game, it was we wanted to really push the run game. And I thought that was something that the guys did a great job on, and every week it's different. Every, every single time you go out there, it's different matchups for us. It's been different players on offense also. As you're trying to figure those guys out, make sure you're putting them in the right spot. You might go into a, do it with a mindset of, hey, this is going to be good for this guy. Um, but it, you don't know until you go out there. So that's our job, and that's the fun part about this game. And, uh, you know, with the, you love scoring points at the second half. Well, we just want to put it together for four quarters. So we'll see if the Broncos can, can continue to do that. Uh, when they take on the Rams on Sunday. For the Broncos in terms of practice, Cortland Sutton was a limited participant yesterday. He's missed the last two games with a hamstring injury, but uh, the expectation is that uh, he'll he'll probably be on the field Sunday when the Broncos are at SoFi against the Rams. Jerry Judy's been playing that ex-receiver uh, spot uh, with Sutton being out. I think, let's, let's just be honest about it, Jerry Judy is the best receiver they have right now 
Oh, I, yeah. And I, and, I, and, and I still think that the, the Tim Patrick probably is that guy because of his consistency. But obviously, Tim Patrick has not been there since getting hurt in training camp and missing the entire season. And who knows how he's going to come back. Right. And, and so it makes sense. And maybe the best trade that George Payton made was the one he didn't make. Because remember, Jerry Judy's name was you know, on the list of, of players that might get traded at the deadline. Mm-hmm. That didn't happen, and Imagine that turned out to be the right the Russell Wilson trade. Yeah, and that that turned out to be the best decision that George, that George Payton made was not trading him. Mm-hmm. Then you would have and, lost to the Cardinals with Drew Locke as your quarterback <laughs> instead of beat him with Brett Rippin. So Judy got traded. Yeah. So now Sutton comes back. What's Sutton's role on this team? Because remember, he was the guy, right? Coming out of SMU. You know, thousand yard receiver. Then he had the ACL injury, and Cortland Sutton was going to be the guy. And it's not that Cortland Sutton is a bad receiver; he's not. Judy's just more explosive. You just don't get the explosive plays from Cortland Sutton. You get he's a big physical receiver. Mm-hmm. You get you know, on some fifty fifty balls on on some fades. You get his his size as an asset, but he's not going to run away from people. He's had a case of the drops, yep. and 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 clearly he is he is now really the number two receiver on this team. It is Jerry Judy when it comes to that wide receiver room. He's the best guy that they have. Yeah, and right now he's the most consistent, most reliable, which is yes, saying is. a lot considering we didn't know what all we would get from Jerry Judy to start the season. He's had some injury and drop issues of his own, but he's really kind of put those in the past. With Cortland Sutton, his are really starting to crop up more and more. I don't know really, A, what his role is going to be on the team for the rest of this year, or B, what it's going to be going forward. I would have your possession receiver as Tim Patrick. He's a guy that first downs, you need first downs. On first down, you throw it to him. Big plays, stretching the field, you know, Taking advantage of mismatches is going to be Jerry Judy. What does that is Cortland Sutton then now your third option? I, you know he's your third most reliable when everybody's healthy right now, at best. I don't know. I don't know what the future holds for him, other than he's going to get paid a lot of money, and there's going to be talk in the next couple of years of is it worth it? Yeah, right now I, I'm not sure what role Cortland Sutton plays on this team with this receiver court when, when Tim Patrick comes back. When everybody's healthy, I don't know either. Yeah. Uh, some other injury updates. Uh, Quinn Miner's back at practice. He left Sunday's game after he got uh, popped in the eye. Got a mm-hmm. uh, black eye. Eyes puffy, but uh, they expect him to play on Sunday. Randy Gray. He got popped in the eye. And left the game. The yeah, he got poked in the eye. Captain Insano shows no mercy. So he was he to, being guarded by Akeem Talib or what was going on there? Boom! Captain Insano shows no mercy. It's like a Three Stooges skit. Yeah. He's okay, though. He's going to be okay. Uh, Randy Gregory did not practice. It was a maintenance day for his knee. Had to take it in, get the oil changed. You know. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to put you out there because you've already been so banged up over your career. We don't want to take any more chances. Kendall Hinton, still out the hamstring, did not practice. Kwan Williams with the wrist and the knee. Latavius Murray with a foot issue. Kareem Jackson, not, not injury-related. Those guys were limited. 
Dalton Reisner with his shoulder and long snapper Jacob Boybenmeyer wrist were full participants at practice yesterday for the Broncos. And don't forget about Broncos and the Rams Christmas Day with pregame at noon, 2.30 kickoff. And then that night, 8 o'clock, the Nuggets take on the Phoenix Suns with tip-off at 8.30 on the team on Christmas Day and evening. All right, one other thing to get to before we take a break. The Jacksonville Jaguars are now your favorites to win the AFC South, according to the wise guys in Vegas. That with uh, Ryan Tannehill, mm-hmm. he's going to miss the rest of the season for Tennessee that the Jags are now the favorite to win that division and be a playoff team. Look at them. How about the Jags? How about the job that, that Doug Peterson's done? And, boy, it, it, it's, it certainly shows what a horrible job Urban Meyer did with the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. That was like a horrible job that he did there. All right, uh, 817, Jim along with the Buckeye boy. Text or call us 970 242 1340. So, of the things, of these four things for a Christmas present, which of these would you want? The Broncos to have a winning record in 2023. Avs get back to the conference finals. Nuggets get to the NBA finals. Or Rockies are in the playoff hunt in September. Also, your favorite sports Christmas gift you've received over the course of time. Uh, let's see from Jared. My wish is definitely for the Broncos to have a winning record in 2023. Very good. Uh, Good morning and Merry Christmas, Jared. Jim D., even though I'm more of a Broncos fan, I'd love to see the Rockies in contention. I'm always disappointed that time of the year to see the Rockies are nowhere to be found near the top. Tired of the same old teams, but as long as Montfort won't spend more money, it won't happen. Devoted Rockies fans deserve better. Once again, we talk about the Jim. Devoted Rockies fans know that Monfort spends plenty of money. He just doesn't spend it smartly. No, they, they spend it poorly, like the money they've spent on Chris Bryant. But, Jim D., Merry Christmas to you, sir. Right. Chris uh, Bryant, uh, Ian Desmond, Danny Murphy. Murphy, all the others. They spend plenty of money. They just don't spend it very wisely. Let's see. We got one here from uh, Coach Brett Crabb, assistant coach shout it uh, for the Fruit of Monument football team. Good morning, Brett. Uh, growing up in Olathe, went to school with Dusty, Stormy, and Windy. Don't know if they're destined for greatness or bad weather. Merry Christmas. Same to you, Brad, as well. Maybe everybody knew when they were coming in that that's the kind of weather they were born into, you know? I'm trying to think if I went to school with anybody. I just went to school, elementary school, with a girl. Her name was Robin Hood. Of course it was. On and, purpose, too. And she would be hey, Hey, where's the merry man? And she would just she where's Friar Tuck? She would lose. she would lose it. She yeah. was a very angry angry human being. I I would be too at that point. I think I would. And I now I look back and feel really bad that we would occasionally do that. Yeah, but kids are jerks. We're we're total jerks. We were absolutely total jerks at Appleton yeah. Elementary. All right, who do we have on the Chick Fil A breakfast team phone line? This is Howard. Okay, coming up we got Mike Rice by the way. So Howard, good morning. How are you? Real good. I'll make it quick. Uh, best Christmas present I ever got sports-related. My first year of playing Little League Baseball, got a pair of cleats, and then the Christmas after that was a brand-new ball glove. Well, a couple other things about Franco Harris. He he carried that offense by himself in the 72-73 season because they didn't have Lynn Swan, didn't have John Stallworth. Terry Bradshaw was on the fence with Noel several times. Terry Hanratty uh, started several games, and uh, they didn't 
they had several people on the on the steel curtain, but only like four. And you know, so you have to take a look at that. As far as Ronnie Hillman and Franco and all of that, you know what, Jim? You you never know when your number's up. That's I'll, true. I'll bring just a quick uh, a quick thing on on Pete Maravich. As much running as he did, he died at age forty. And they when they done the autopsy. He was born with one coronary artery. You know, just think about that. You just never know when your number's up. Well, Jim Fix wrote the book about running. Jim Fix, you know, was a runner, died you know, from a heart attack running. And you, you just, you're right, you just never know what's going to happen. Hey, Howard, always, one, sorry. One, 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 quick, one quick thing and I'll let you go. You, you mentioned about Ernie Stotner uh, having his number retired. Ernie Stotner bought a place in Vail in 1989 and lived there for like 15, 16 years. He died at, at Carbondale at a at a care home, but he was he was pretty popular around the area. And and also Dan Reeves brought in Stotner as his defensive line coach from 91 to 93. So there's that. He's got some Colorado connections. All right, very good, Howard. Appreciate it. Have a Merry Christmas. All right, same to you guys. Take, Take care. care, and Howard from Fruita today. We always appreciate hearing from Howard. All right, coming up next. Mike Rice, 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network, brought to you by, a report with Mike, brought to you by Modern Classic Motors and Gallagher's Flooring. The team wishes you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Season's greetings from Colorado's sports leader, the team. Time to get in the huddle with the Broncos Radio Network's Mike Rice on the team. And with us right now on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, from 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network, Mike Rice. Mike, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, Jim, thank you. Same to you and uh, the whole crew and and Buckeye. It's just, uh, I, it's, it's my favorite time of year. It really is. So, I, I don't, did I ask you this on Tuesday, your favorite sports Christmas gift? You did, and it okay. was my, my you know, those metal electric football games. That's right, the electric football game. I was talking about the one yeah. that I have, the Broncos in Seattle, and show how old it was because it was there were afc west foes at that time so it's, it's been a day or two um yeah. so I, I i thought i asked you that but thank you for uh for refreshing my memory on that sure. um ronnie hillman's passing you know with this week yeah. where we lost you know franco harris Steelers great now ronnie hillman who none of us knew that that ronnie was battling cancer and was in hospice and and just as we found out that that he was fighting for his life, uh, he he lost his life at the age of thirty one. What a what, what a sad, tragic story. Far too young uh, to to die at the age of thirty one. Yeah, no kidding. And you put it well. I mean, just a soft spoken guy who didn't draw attention to himself, but played pretty well by and large. I mean, he was a member of the Super Bowl team, right? If I recall right, and correct. Love them a rushing yardage and touchdowns that year. Yeah, yeah, and. Yeah, you know, just a guy who kind of just showed up and did his job, right? And did it pretty well most times. Nothing flashy, uh, certainly not a superstar, but you got to have those guys that, that just to handle their business. And Ronnie seemed to be one of those players. Just a, like I said, a quiet guy. C.J. Anderson kind of eventually, you know, took over as the leading rusher. They did it kind of with those two in tandem for most of the regular season, but. You know, Ronnie had some big plays during that regular season, some explosive runs that, you know, that that Broncos offense you know wasn't like it had been previously with, with Peyton Manning. He was obviously in the twilight of his career. Broncos passing game was still good, but not to the level it was when he was. You know, set the the touchdown record and some of those things, but that that running game became such a big part of their success that Super Bowl Fifty season. Yeah, always always have to have that right. I mean, you're able to 
the work clock and keep possessions going. And Ronnie was a big part of that. And you're right, the quarterback play that year. I mean, the Osweiler-Manning or the Manning-Osweiler tandem, statistically not very good. But, you know, Jim, they, they did enough to find a way, right? And Hillman was certainly a part of that, as you described, with, with the rushing attack. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, unlike the, the year when they played Seattle in the Super Bowl, it was all about the offense, right? And and that's when John Elway said, we got to find a defense. And they did. And the defense was the biggest reason they won the Super Bowl that year. Russell Wilson will, will play Sunday. And uh, that announcement happened right after uh, the Broncos won against Arizona on, on Sunday that Nathaniel Hackett said Russ is back at quarterback next week. And uh, Russ talked yesterday about his excitement about being back on the field and, and taking on the Rams. And in trying to build on what was a, a really good performance against Kansas City before he got hurt, what are your expectations, Mike, of what you hope to see from Russ back at the quarterback spot and this offense, and can they keep building on what they've done the last couple of football games? Yeah, that's what I want to see, Jim. I don't know I don't know if I'm quite at the point, honestly, if I expect to see it, because I I'm still I'm still not at a place where I trust the offense. But I do think there's no question the offense has been more productive the last two weeks. Uh, I certainly hope they can continue that pattern. Uh, I I know we disagree some on this point, but I I, I like the fact that Russell's going to be back out there trying to get some things accomplished and ultimately try to win the football game, right? I mean, that's what the Broncos want to do. So I hope all of that gets done and more, right? I hope they look great. I hope they put up a ton of points. Uh, I I hope that that they start or continue to look like a real offense because, let's face it, through the first 12, 13 games, they didn't look like any kind of real offense that you want <laughs> to show mom, right? So mom or dad, so to speak. So um, I, I hope all that happens. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that they'll continue to um, progress as they have in each of the last two games. And it's building off the running game because that that's where, you know, the last two weeks, in particular the Arizona game, Mike, that's where we've seen the offensive sets come from has been what they've been able to do on the ground. It just it just seems like that, you know, that, that now they're better on first down. They, they made it a lot easier. For, for Russ in the, in the Kansas City game to make plays. And yes, for Brett Rippon, he did get sacked seven times. That's not good, and that's something that's going to have to improve, that they're going to have to improve upon. But they were, for the most part, I thought, able to stay out of some of the really ugly, down-and-distance, you know, falling behind the chains like we've seen so many times throughout the course of the season. That, that running game has been, you know, I think, a big part of, of why they've been able to turn some things around in particular in the second half. First half, sometimes it's looked a lot like the same, but the second half, the halftime adjustments have been really, really good for the Broncos the last two weeks. Yeah, all really good points, Jim, and, and the adjustments I think showed up in in the sack total. I mean, the, the Cardinals had six sacks in the first half and just one in the second. That was certainly an improvement, and uh, I mean, you've got two backs who have been around a little bit and who have been productive, and Latavius Murray had his most productive game as a Bronco with the 130 yards and Marlon Mack chipping in a touchdown and the guy that, that brings a little bit of a speed pop to that offense. And I, I would expect that the Broncos would try to get some things done on the ground again. Why wouldn't you? And you know what, Jim, we talked about it uh, on Tuesday. This is what Nathaniel Hackett said they were going to do, but then didn't when the season started, which was 
you be a team that uses the running game effectively, um, uses play action off of it, and uses Russ's, Russ's mobility throughout. And then they start the season and they start throwing the ball 45 or 50 times and are operating at a shotgun, even in the red zone. So I, 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 I hope that Clint Kubiak can still dial up runs and, and the guys can execute him uh, to where they're productive because, to me, it's just a part of the – a staple of the Broncos' offense that simply has to be there moving forward. Mike Rice, 850 KOA, Broncos Radio Network, joining us on the team today. Rams coming up on Sunday. Aaron Donald, as far as uh, whether we're going to see him Sunday or not, remains uh, somewhat up in the air, dealing with an ankle injury. Did not practice yesterday, so that would that would make life a whole lot easier for that Broncos offensive line if one of the NFL's best defensive players uh, sits it out on Christmas Day. But I, I think I think one, he's feeling a little weak, Jim. I think he may need to take another uh, yeah. take another breather. I mean, Aaron, it's you know, it's it, it, it's only a four win season. You're not going back to the yeah. playoffs. You're not going to defend the Super Bowl. Why? Why would you do? It? It's Christmas. You know, it's sit back, sit on the sidelines with maybe a nice eggnog or some hot chocolate, and just watch the rest of the guys. Right? I think that's hopefully that's what he'll do on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, Russ is ready, so Russ can cook. Aaron's not not quite ready, so yeah. I think he needs to. Needs to take take you know put the slippers on and put the bathrobe on and just kind of kind of chill a little bit on Sunday. Order out. Just go ahead and order yeah. out, Aaron. You don't have to cook. That's just it. order out. That's and, it. And uh, just stay on the sidelines. But uh, you know, I, I think you know Quinn Miners looks like he'll be back after he uh, took that shot in the eye, and that was kind of scary uh, in, in Sunday's game. But he's got a big old shiner and. And, and Luke Wattenberg, who who got manhandled by by Kansas City's defensive front the week before, Wattenberg got thrown back in there, and and I thought Luke Wattenberg, you know, bounced back pretty nicely after just like I said, getting getting abused by Chris Jones and Frank Clark on on several occasions the week before. Yeah, I mean that would be, you know, all all respect to, and no disrespect meant to Luke, but. Another reason why I think the Broncos would love to see Aaron Donald on the sideline because you don't want a repeat of the Kansas City game if if Wattenberg has to play any any amount of snaps. And I, I'm joking a little bit, but it just points to the fact, Jim, that this Broncos offensive line has been decimated by injuries. And it's been hard to see. I, I don't know, quite honestly, how good of an offense it would have been all year had that unit been primarily healthy through most of the season. But I, I got to believe that it wouldn't have been this difficult to move the ball and score points if it had been. All right, so we'll have the game Sunday, Christmas Day. Broncos at SoFi against the Rams. Two 4-10 and ten, four and ten teams going at it. Countdown to kickoff with Mike and company at noon. And then 2.30 kickoff from SoFi. Dave Logan, Rick Lewis, Susie Wurgen, Broncos and the Rams this Sunday. So, Mike, before we let you go, I have to ask. We talked about this Tuesday. Yeah. Did you get your food situation sorted out for Sunday? No, in true in true Mike fashion, I have put that off another day. <laughs> <laughs> no, we you know we and, were debating uh, about this after you I, I, after you hung up. I don't up. know. I don't know what is I think tomorrow I'm or Saturday I'm going to have to uh, My guess is I'll just have to get something that day and we'll will officially have leftovers that will not have been touched from the day before. I don't know how else to do it yeah. because you know here's here's the challenge, Jim. You know I'm I'm at the studio for a twelve o'clock game. I'll probably get there at ten or ten thirty, and so I can't really leave to pick anything up at that point. Right. I mean, we, weekends are just they're not that many people there, 
And so we're dependent on delivery. Well, if delivery's out of the question, I guarantee you we're not going hungry. So, you know, something's got to give and all that. So uh, the question that Buck, I think yeah, you brought we had up. This. Yeah, you had the question about whether you volunteered for this duty or it was assigned to you. Uh, well, I, I, I kind of volunteered for it. I, you know, I feel, I feel a bit of a, bit of a responsibility to the crew, right? I mean, you kind of want you want to be, you sure. want to be the leader. You want to be the guy who, I mean, they carry me first off as far as the actual broadcast goes. So I've got to carry my weight somehow. Uh, and, and I figured that was as important of a way I could chip in and contribute in a meaningful way and kind of head up that whole thing as any. So I've, I do that. I do it willingly. We place the orders. We've kind of got our staples that deliver to us, and we kind of pick each week. And um, I don't think those will be options this week. And probably, or maybe, I don't know about probably, but most places are open New Year's Day, right? I mean, that's not as yeah. much of a problem. Uh, yeah. I'm, look, I'm, like I'm thinking for you, and I think Buckeye, you might have mentioned this, Seven Eleven hot dogs. Mm-hmm. But that's a that, that's probably a feast for somebody, right? Yeah. Yep, they'll, they'll eat it. that. Yeah, there I you go. It. Go for I the grab those going in, right? You know, yeah. or maybe I could do. I mean, Denny's Denny's reopened down close to where I live. Maybe I could just place an order, and I mean, I would think I think the doors would be unlocked on Christmas Day, wouldn't it? Yeah, grand slams for everybody. Well, there you go. See, you you got it. I don't know. I don't know. I I'm. I'm getting a little more nervous, so I think I may have to text the guys tomorrow and say, okay, what are we doing? <laughs> Somebody help me. <laughs> I need some help. You already have enough on your plate, your Christmas with the family and everything. It's yeah, it's, it's a lot It's a lot going on, Mike. Hey, uh, Merry Christmas, buddy. We appreciate it. Uh, don't forget to catch uh, Mike's report brought to you by ComWest later on today at 420. Always appreciate it, Mike. Thank you so much. You guys are the best, and, and you, you know how much I love you're part of the state, and uh, it's it's one of my favorite. Merry Christmas, Jim and Buckeye, and and all the listeners uh, out in the Grand Valley and and on the Western Slope. We love you guys. I truly, truly do. Thank you for letting hey. me um, join you guys a couple times a week. Hey, right back at you, buddy. Always appreciate it. Uh, best uh, you know, best of uh, you know, holiday um, you know, fun and joy with your family, Christmas, and of course New Year's as well. Of course, we'll talk to you next week, also, and also over here. It's not 10 below right now. So, uh, if yeah. 14 below Ooh. where I'm sitting right now. Ooh. So, we are hunkered down, my friend. We yeah. are hunkered down. Dress warm, Mike. Dress warm. Take care. I, I got the earmuffs ready. I got to go out later, but uh, I'm going to venture out. But no, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Appreciate right. it. Take care, Mike. Mike Rice, 8 through 2 KOA, Broncos Radio Network. Wait, 14 below? 14 below. Oh, over no, there. no, 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 no. Nope. Ooh. Not doing it. Ooh. Not good. Sorry, that show's just going to have to run without me. <laughs> and let's see. It's 23 here. It's not like it's uh, the Bahamas here, but it's not 14 below. It's 30 degrees warmer. <laughs> Which 35. We will take it. We will take that. All right. Coming up next, we have our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. That's on the way. And uh, once again, once you're, you got to pick one of these. What would you want for Christmas? Broncos to have a winning record in 2023. Avs get back to the conference finals. Nuggets get to the NBA finals. Or Rockies are in the playoff hunt in September. Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. 970-242-1340. Um, you're nuts.
Santa. You're a mall Santa. Christmas comes early with Big Bowl matchups on the Team Sports Network. It's the Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week on the team. And it's time for our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. Brought to you by Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. If your heater's not uh, making your car truck toasty warm like it should, got some transmission issues, whatever the case may be, Scotty's Complete Car Care Center, they can fix it for you. 437 Pickin Avenue. Call them at 970-245-0101. And with us, our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Prep Athlete of the Week, sophomore 113-pounder, J.P. Espinoza. J.P., I appreciate the time. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing fine. Uh, the reason we have J.P. on today was he won the 113-pound championship at the Warrior Classic. We're, we're talking about 42 teams, some of the best wrestlers in the western half of the country competing. And for you, J.P., you won 113 pounds. You faced Fruit of Monuments' Gino Gallegos, who penned you the last time you wrestled against him prior to that championship match. And, and you were prepared. Uh, and, and delivered an 8-4 to four victory uh, to become one of the, the two Valley wrestlers to win a, uh, a championship at the Warrior Classic. Take us through what you learned from when you wrestled Gallegos before and how you are able to really utilize that experience, that knowledge, to come away a Warrior Classic champion. Um, so basically, the last time I was doing, like, you just dressed and, like, just was like moving more so then I just basically this summer I was swim I just make sure like to keep moving being aggressive and stuff and then like just just do what I felt like doing like taking my shots and stuff you know in the win against Gino it was an impressive one because he had finished second in the Warrior last year and for you you went 0-2 at the Warrior last year what do you feel like you learned yeah. from that experience last year as a freshman JP that helped you this time around to, to go from from losing your first two matches to to winning a championship at the Warrior Classic, um, probably just like uh, from last year, just like it was just probably just like more so everyone that was watching and just like not moving and being as aggressive. And I felt like I did really get at that this year, so that's why I got so far. And just practicing hard in the restroom with my team. We're talking with Central uh, 113-pound Warrior Classic champion J.P. Espinoza. He's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. And uh, you had the, the pen against Trevor Agnes, uh, Angus excuse me, of uh, UNA Utah, and so you got the win against him. Um, you know, and so that, that was obviously a, a great way to build some momentum coming up with that, with that pen against uh, Angus to, 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 you know, on your pursuit of becoming a Warrior Classic champion. Yeah. What was the key in that one for you to get that pin against him? Um, probably just like I don't really try. I just like was if I found it there, I just try to pin him. If not, just try and score. And then once I found an opening to get him in a pinning position, and so I just took it and then pinned him. Central one thirteen pound warrior classic champion JP Espinosa joining us today. On the Team Sports Network, he's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. We mentioned the experience you had last year, JP, as, as a freshman wrestling at the Warrior Classic and, and how that was, was beneficial for this time around. Take us through what your offseason was like in, in, in getting ready for the sophomore season. 
uh, camps, um, you know, some of the, the things that you did in terms of your, your off-season preparation to, to, to improve upon what, what happened for you last year as a freshman or some of those things you did in this off-season to get you ready for this year? Um, so every day I had a practice with my Outlaws team, which is a private club. And then I also had a practice in the morning with the Central team. So I felt like that really helped with conditioning and just technique. Just being able to practice like two times a day, every day. I know that you made the comment that you feel like you're, you know, you, you gained some confidence, you know, over, you know, over what you did, you know, last year, this, this, of course, during the summer as well, you got stronger in, in terms of getting stronger. What, you know, what was the, was the regimen for you in terms of your, your weight training and those things to, to get yourself a more physically stronger wrestler to, to have a chance to win something like the Warrior Classic? Um, so basically, every night at my private club wrestling, we would do workouts and like practice and just like a lot of that stuff. And then in the days, I would just like do pull-ups in my room, push-ups, sit-ups and that kind of stuff, just like like that. I know for your team, you finished uh, second at the Warrior Classic from a team standpoint. Um, I mean, when you look at that, the, the, the caliber of competition they competed at the Warrior Classic. Uh, you know, certainly you have aspirations, individual aspirations, JP, of of, of going to the, the you know going to state and 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 have a shot at winning a state championship. But from a team standpoint, I think you guys send a message that uh, the Warrior Wrestling team is one to watch when the state tournament rolls around. Yeah, it's like we've been working really hard in the wrestling room as a team. So just to see that kind of work pay off is like really cool. Just knowing how much work everyone puts in in the rest of them and how hard they try, like, yeah. Central one hundred thirteen pound Warrior Classic champion uh, JP Espinoza joining us today. He's our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week. And for you, JP, how did you get into wrestling? Do you have older brothers? Do you have if somebody that got you into wrestling? Take us through how you got got exposed and hooked on on being a wrestler. Um. Well. Really, my whole family's been wrestling. Like, my dad, my uncles, like, all of them, they've been wrestling for, since they were little. Like, a few of them have been, like, won the state championships. We have a four-time in our family. And then my dad just, like, wanted me to get into wrestling. And I just, like, when I started, I really liked it. So I just kept on wrestling. I imagine this time of the year's got to be tough for for you and your teammates uh maybe not so much for you lower weight guy but uh you know as far as as far as keeping your weight down how do you address that during this time of the year Mm -hmm. just probably just eat healthy work out like go on runs to burn some calories and then just make sure to go to practice so you like keep keep your weight down a little bit all right, JP, we appreciate the time today. Congratulations on being a Warrior Classic champion. That's a, uh, an incredible accomplishment, and, and best of luck rest of the way. And I know the ultimate goal is to get to the state tournament and see what you can do there. But uh, we appreciate the time, JP. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you. Me too. All right, JP Espinoza, Central Warriors. Warrior Classic champion. Nice thing to have on your resume. Not an easy thing to accomplish. I mean, I think in these parts, from a wrestling standpoint, next to a state championship being a Warrior Classic champion is 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 right there next to it. 
Yeah, top tier, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, 849. And once again, uh, J.P. Espinosa from Central, our Scotty's Complete Car Care Center Athlete of the Week, brought to you by Scotty's Complete Car Care Center. They're at 437 Pitkin Avenue. If you're having a problem with your car, truck, or SUV, call them today. 970-245-0101 or go to Scotty's Complete Car uh, Auto Repair dot com to uh, get more information all right 849 and brian roth voice the csu rams he is in route i'm not sure where exactly might might be going to do the tony the tiger sun bowl i believe that he might be going there yeah he's got i there's 10 or 12 days until then i believe that's or, the, i'm sorry second i'm sorry that's later i'm sorry i thought yeah. that was earlier that's yeah that's after the first of the year he might be CSU basketball. I don't know if he's that, not a, got another bowl game coming up or what. Rams played last night. They played USC in Phoenix and and lost to, to, to the Trojans. So we'll find out where in the world is Brian Roth today. Right, we'll find out. All right, so that's coming up. But right now, let's hop into... We're into four-down territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, we start things out with first down. Jeannie Buss is engaged. Mm-hmm. The Lakers owner. Remember, she used to be with Phil, Phil Jackson. You know who she's engaged to? Uh, I saw it's some comedian, but I don't know the name. The one Bob Sugar would be um, Jay Moore from uh, Jerry Maguire. Jay really? Moore is who she's engaged to. One time sports radio show host. Yeah, guy. Fox, I believe. Yeah. And so um, they've been spotted at Lakers games together. Bus has posted photos and videos of Moore on her Instagram the last few years. And so uh, it's unclear when they, they got engaged, but uh, Bus has a big ring on her finger. And so she had the long term. They were never married. Her and Phil Jacks were never married. Right. But they were together from 1999 to 2016. Started dating uh, Moore and her did in 2017. So it wasn't too long after her and Phil broke up. But upgrade, Clayton, downgrade from Phil. Um, he's a he's a younger model, smaller model, small, and 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 much smaller. She went from the uh, what is it the down to the coupe from the what's the four door the sedan down to the coupe? Oh, like the like a Mini Cooper? Yeah, yeah. I, a four door down to a two door. I mean, Phil's former NBA player, former yeah. Nick. Big guy, tall guy. All right. So anyway, congratulations to Jeannie Buss and sure and Jay Moore. Um, so second down, Giants backed out of their deal with Carlos Correa. Correa is now a New York Met, and apparently here's the reason why. Underwood is physical, and the issue that concerned the Giants was that Correa had missed time in his career early on with back injury, and so there's speculation now that. The back injury might have been part of that, but also somebody else is reporting that um, Craig had an ankle injury that he sustained in the minor leagues in 2014 when he was 19 years old, and he hurt it sliding into third base. They had to have surgery to pair the fractured right fibula and a ligament, so it could be the the ankle and the back are two things that concerned the Giants, so the Giants said, nah, think we're going to pass, and now he's a Met. I get the back. I totally understand that, right? Only he hasn't played a full season of 162 games ever. His high water mark is 153. He's missed at least 40 games in 
consecutive seasons, 17, 18, 19. I get it. For the back, the ankle, though. I mean, he but won Rookie of the Year. He's hit like 150, he okay. league, yeah. 55 big league homers since then. I think he'd be all right, but whatever. What do I know? What do the Giants know? They're just going to get some random Jay Brones and scrap together an 85-win team somehow and then, you know, go off into next season. Uh, third down, I follow Sports Aviation on Twitter. It's a, it's a jet tracking right. feed for sports teams and their flights and their planes they're on that all around the world. It does college basketball, men's and women's, all the way up to World Cup teams. That a little weird, a little nerdy. Both neither. I feel weird occasionally, but not all the time. You're a stalker. I feel nerdy every single time because I find it interesting as all heck. I like it, you know, following the airplane tracker stuff. I have flight radar on my phone. I saw something online that it's a readout, like a scoreboard. Like a ticker right. that sits on your countertop or whatever, and any plane that flies over your house, it reads out who it is. Okay. I would be fascinated to have one of those things, but I acknowledge it's pretty weird. Right? It has it's a little inter- strange. Interesting things that they're into. Mm-hmm. I Me, mean, it's occasionally you know, alternative football leagues. Yeah. So yeah. One um, of those. It's okay. It's all right. Yeah, are, are you looking for validation? No, here? I, just, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm okay I, with it. I'm fine if you call it nerdy, but is it weird? I feel I a little weird. Could be a t- touch stalkerish. I don't know, but now, if it was it's a, not like you're showing up at the airport watching right. them get on the plane, a it's, specific person. That's definitely weird. yeah. But you're talking about teams. I'm and, talking about just random whatever they tweet out. I just right. Find it anyway, I think you're okay. Yeah. I'm 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 thank you. You're okay. I'm okay. You're okay. Fourth okay. down. Speaking of weird and nerdy, did you see Tom Izzo the other night get oh. teed up wearing an elf costume? Oh, and we haven't uh, even yeah. talked about Iowa's loss. We got to we got to get to man. that next hour at some yes, point. Yes, we absolutely Ooh, do. Yeah, that was not good last night for not the Hawkeyes. Good. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with hour three.